When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair, and I've got three guests in the studio. I'm going to leave two to one side for the moment, because I want to introduce a new member of the panel. Uh, a huge welcome to uh, one of the most famous city bloggers there is on the planet, editor, writer of A View from a Blue. It is Stephen Allwise. Stephen, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, it's really good to see you, because View from a Blue, you've got, you know, you've got 12 and a half thousand followers on Twitter, and uh, you are an institution, sir. That is not quite how I describe myself, but thank you. <laughs> so, so tell us, how did View from a Blue come about then? Was that your own invention? Was that something just, that just happened one day? You woke up and started writing? No, it's been going for about four and a half years now. Um, and I've been writing for you know, nearly seven. I had a friend at school who was a Stoke fan. I'm sorry. He, I know. I told him the same thing every day. And he wrote a blog which I thought was excellent. Um, and I enjoyed reading it, even though it was nothing to do with City. And so I just copied him essentially and and started writing and then four and a half years ago founded my own blog and have kept on doing that every game since then. And how often do you write it? Is this kind of daily, hourly, is this weekly? How often do you sort of put pen to paper or or finger to typewriter? Um, It's for every game, so there'll be a quick preview and then a couple of reviews and if there's another feature piece or an interview then that as well. But two or three a week will do me. Fantastic. And, and just, just help us understand a bit about, obviously, Manchester born and bred and all blues in your family. There's no, there's no sort of uh, red bastards anywhere to be seen. All blues there. in the family. I don't think my parents would have married if they weren't both blues. Quite so right. it was very easy for me. And first game, can you remember those early day heroes? Yes, first game, we lost 2-1 at home to Barnsley. Oh, I remember um, it well. So it's slightly better <laughs> since then. Um, I think one of the Whitley brothers scored. Um, so that was my first game (laughs) not sure which one Um, so that was when I was four and I've been going since then well you're really very welcome and and you sort of sandwiched between two old timers here Um, the oldest timer of the lot is Stuart Brodkin I believe you're a big fan of A View View From A Blue is that right? I am I read it every every time I you know look at news now Man City it's one of the ones that I I really rate very highly seriously not because uh, Stephen's here but I I said that you did say that, to yeah, be fair. Before we came on, yeah. you said that yeah. very thing. We believe you, Stuart. I mean, it's why, true, why, it's why true. There are one or two good ones, actually. Uh, one or two awful ones, but I rate View from a Blue. And Thank Lee, you. try and give us a different spin. It's crap, yeah? Yeah, no. it's total shit. Uh, <laughs> I agree at <laughs> times. I've never read it once, to be honest. Uh, no, it's great. It's really good. Um, it's great having Stephen here. 
and uh, hopefully contribute to an interesting show. I hope we. Well, should we just kind of start with Sunday, really? I suppose that obviously is a reasonable place to start, gentlemen. And uh, just to remind ourselves of what we said to, on the po- podcast last week, you know, it's a must-win. We will win Liverpool. You know, trip to Turkey, late late night return, six o'clock in the morning. They'll be knackered, and it's a must-win. And so, what went wrong, Stuart? What went wrong? Just about everything, I think. Um, possibly the wrong tactics. It's very easy to say we played the wrong tactics after the result is known. I mean, we played those tactics before we won the league, so I don't know. I don't, we're not as sharp, we weren't as sharp as they were, even allowing for the fact that they had a late night, as you say, on Friday morning they came home, uh, about four, five o'clock in the morning, um, similar to what happened to us before the Middlesbrough game. You know, we went to Dubai, trained in Dubai, came back Friday morning, and it, it didn't work for us. It seemed to invigorate them, you know. Uh, Aguero was a bit unlucky to hit the post would have made it you know a, a different game possibly but we weren't good enough to be honest uh, view from a blue you've written about this presumably so you can tell us what you said I have and I think the most frustrating thing from a fan's point of view is that what went wrong against Liverpool was exactly what went wrong against Barcelona and I think that seems to be something with Pellegrini that he just doesn't learn from his mistakes of course it's easy you know as has been said that you know in hindsight he picked the wrong team but I think we all said that when the team was announced why is he going with two strikers? Why is he playing such an open formation? And you know, we said that against Barcelona, and it shouldn't come as a surprise that Barcelona want to control the midfield and pass the ball, and it shouldn't come as a surprise that Liverpool want to do exactly the same. And yet, so often during the game, it was one pass from Liverpool into the likes of Coutinho and Lallana, and it just took out our whole midfield. Um, and Pellegrini didn't have an answer to that, and it was just watching from the stands so frustrating to see the same mistakes game after game against the better teams. I think it's just strange, isn't it? It's a bit of, it feels like a na- bit of naivety for a manager who is very experienced. Um, you feel like he's probably been in these situations before where he's faced different teams and you know, we can do that against Newcastle at home because they're a poorer side, but we can't underestimate a team like Liverpool. They're playing well at the moment um, and they've got a lot of attacking threat and players who will get in be- behind the defensive midfield, Lallana, Coutinho... Um, Joe Allen I thought played very well as well cutting passes and that pass from kind of even their centre halves to their centre midfielders or or right left wingers just happened way too easily it it just bypassed so many of our players in midfield and it just felt naive tactically and stale on the pitch players didn't really look like they wanted to fight for it especially in the second half it just kind of felt you know uh, sort of typical of the season so far in many ways but do you think it was naivety because you know, it's no surprise that Liverpool play the way they do or Barcelona play the way they do. Do you think it's naivety or Pellegrini's just being stubborn and arrogant and thinks, oh, we're Man City, it doesn't matter who the opposition is, we'll play our way? I think, yeah, maybe it is a bit of stubbornness. It's hard to tell with him because in press conferences, I think, you know, he gives nothing away. And there's, there's one thing to say, yeah, keep it all behind closed doors and that's a good thing and don't go out and rant and slate players. But it's another thing altogether to pretty much not really answer any question that comes your way. Like sometimes you are, have to be held accountable for your tactical decisions and your team selections. And he doesn't really give the fans anything back. I think that's why some of the fans are losing a bit of patience. You know, I'm, I'm not losing as much patience as I say to other fans, but I can understand your frustration when you, everyone is seeing something 
and he isn't explaining why he's seeing it a different way almost and that can be but, but a season ago he was heralded as being you know a great manager he didn't sort of get hassled by the press he stuck to his task and we won the league we could still win the league let's be honest here you know we win Wednesday night and uh, Chelsea though, we were only two points behind okay they might have a game in hand now so you know all is not lost let's not be too negative about it is it purely Pellegrini is, that it? Think, is all, well, the, think, is all uh, the blame at Pellegrini's door ultimately it all rests with Pellegrini you know he takes the blame if we play well or, or, and takes the uh, badly and if he takes the plaudits if we win but, but as I think say, one or two players have let him down I think company's way off the pace I don't think Zabaleta's playing well uh, Silva's had a couple of games where he's not been as good as he can be Nasri's dropped off a little bit I just think it's all conspired against him I think he believes I think it is stubbornness I think he, be- he was brought in to play holistic football which is basically attractive football and he believes that City are good enough to be any team with attractive football no matter what lineup, what formation they have and the opposition has it is naive it is stubborn but he does not seem to learn from his mistakes so Stephen it, it, the players are going to take something you know, Pellegrini doesn't you know, at three o'clock, put the sky blue shirt on and, and walk out onto the pitch with Pellegrini on his back. You know, his job. So it's, we've got to talk about some of the players here, haven't we? And actually talk about, you know, you've men- Stuart's mentioned a couple. Who, who's to blame on I the th- pitch then? I think it's probably three pronged. I think Pellegrini does need to take a lot of criticism um, for the reasons that we've mentioned. I think the players do as well because, you know, Pellegrini won't have asked them just to hoof balls up to Aguero against Skirtle in the air, and Pellegrini won't have told company in Mangala to panic every time the balls come near them but I think off the pitch as well if you look at the signings that we've made the recruitment since the QPR game in 2012 we've spent something like 240 million on 18 players Um, and I was doing the research for this and I think three you could say are regular starters who would be Demichelis who's you know had the best years of his career and doing well this season but not for the long term Fernandinho gets in most weeks and Navas Pellegrini seems to like him but you know for three players the squad effectively is the, or the first team rather is the same as it was three seasons ago and it just means that everything's that a little bit more stale and yeah. tired and aging and there's no youth in the squad you know Mangala is what's he 23 24 Aguero's 26 other than that everyone is 27 and older and we just look as if we're out of ideas at the moment. Our squad had a, an average age of 29, I think, on, on Sunday, and Liverpool 23. You know, we've, we've got to get rid, not get rid, but get, you know, move players on, get some younger blood in. They've done it. Um, other teams are doing it. We, we seem to have stood still. You know, like you say, we haven't really planned for the future. So they're over the hill, Lee. That's the problem. I wouldn't say they're necessarily over the hill, but that's what he just said. I, I do. I do. I didn't agree. say that. I said they're old. I, I agree, they're old, and I agree that we have an aging squad and we're heavily reliant on three or four players who are who potentially are just going past their best years. And you know, Vincent Company, um, Yaya. It, it, it does feel as if you know we are relying too heavily on them and when things go wrong it's, it's let's turn to Yaya let's hope he, he does something magical let's turn to David Silva who can't do it every single game he's had quite a good season to be fair this season in terms of he's, he's scored quite a few goals which is unlike him um, but still like you see games where he, he's struggling to, to take it by the scruff of the net um, players like Sami Nasri need to step up a bit more for me um, he does it in the easy games not so much in the difficult games um, and that frustrates me. And then 
in terms of Mangala um, you know I've tried my best to stick by him this season and I don't I'm, I'm definitely not writing him off now you can't write a player that young off I don't think who has shown enough promise in the past but he's having a poor season and he shouldn't be starting in big games like that you know when Demichelis could be in there I just don't understand how you can spend 40 million on a defender who looks as raw as he does yeah. Stephen you know, people will say it takes some time to bed in you know Premier League it's a different pace it's a different type of football you know he's young yeah, but next season really, he'll come good and, next season yeah absolutely and Demichelis we saw it took exactly. a few months for him to settle but Demichelis you always knew had that nous you know in the position he lost instinct. the ponytail though that's what it was I know he's, that, he's that's not the, that's the difference. this season now but Mangala what does he need to lose Mangala he needs to learn a lot as opposed to lose he needs to learn you know how to read the game anticipate danger at the minute he looks to me like an athlete not a footballer and I, I think it's very risky to spend that much money on a defender who needs to learn so much I think it's one of those positions you have to buy the finished product and also I think company's form wouldn't fill in with so much confidence either standing next to him because both of them have been poor recently um, he needs someone next to him who's going to give him a bit more assurance and because and, both of them hesitate on the ball as you say they, they, they're hoofing it long a lot of the time when you know we've seen Vincent in his, in his best days he's so calm at the back and he'll just turn back and if it, you know if he can't go out left he'll turn and go right give it to Zaba and it, he's not doing that at the moment he's, he's can, can we just can we just focus on Vincent for a moment because over the last few weeks you know, we've been given him the benefit of the doubt but yeah. I mean, another game's gone by where he has been at error been at fault has panicked sure you know my dad's been saying for weeks he's gone he's finished um, you know he's sees the cup well there's no cup there as far as my dad's concerned um, Stuart, I don't it, think it's it, finished I mean a, you, you a, keep a 29 year old how many more bad games have you got to have before you actually own up to the fact that we've got a problem here we or have is, a problem but I don't think he's finished I think he's 29 he's, I'm, I'm, he's, he's got two or three years ahead of him I think not if he in carries that on position. no not, not if he obviously on. not if he plays like he has been but he has done for the last four <clears> weeks yeah okay well, is, he, is he fit do we know if he's 100% fit I don't know to be honest I don't think it's just a case of the past few weeks I think if you ask a lot of football fans in general who aren't of a City persuasion a lot of fans uh, it's not just United fans will definitely say that like he's been making errors you know intermittently for this season and last season and a bit the one this season before you know he covers them up by having that sort of uh, presence about him and, and sometimes in big games he really does step up and he's he's a massive player for us but I don't think it's just the past few weeks and we should be you know, taking it out. I don't think he's finished, though. Definitely not. No. I need to hear from a view from a blue. What What have you been writing about, Vincent? Are you a Vincent? Are you in Stu- Are you in Stewart's camp that he's had a couple of odd games and he's fine and he's only twenty nine, or is he in the my dad camp of he's finished and he's gone? No, I think I'm more leaning towards what Lee said. That I think for me his biggest problem is that he tries to pinch the ball ahead of the striker too often, and. Part of that is, I'm guessing, because we don't have a good holding midfielder, so there's no one there in front of the defence to protect them and shield them and just intercept those passes. So company feels, I think it was one of the goals against Barcelona, that he rushes, sprints 10 yards out of his defensive line to try and nick the ball. And as soon as a quick striker has turned him, then he can't get back. Um, And I think part of that comes from the players in front of him. At the minute, I guess he's just trying to do too much. I don't think for a moment that he's finished. Um... He's one of those players who will give everything for City and you know, perhaps in the next year or so he'll realise that he doesn't have that pace or the, that bite to be able to, to rush out and he might just rein himself back. 
but uh, no I think he's he's the absolute leader of that squad he's not finished by a long but way but what about Stephen this issue of this ageing squad that has been touched on I mean he's just one player but you know as we've said average age I think of 29 our Stato over here has given us the, yet yeah. another statistic um, ageing squad is that a concern is that actually you know, is, that, is that fine I think it is a concern because when you look at the squad and I've been fortunate to watch quite a bit of the under 19s and under 21s this season and there is a lot of talent there um, and you speak to people at the club and they say you know within two three four years then we'll see you know a handful really break through but at the minute they're not ready and I think you have to sign younger players because we just don't have any energy you look at teams like Liverpool I don't know their average age but when you watch them play they just seem quick and pacey and they pass the ball and, their average age, and, 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 and we just look static and the byproduct of that is they're exciting to watch and we've been horrendously boring I found this season and that's not something that we should be saying oh that's the most important thing but you know I feel yeah. like this season it's just been a bit of a bit of a snore to be honest um, the thing that worried me most and we can talk about the tactics we can talk about the manager we can talk about the ageing squad but this this expression of Liverpool just seemed to want it more than we did and it was that desire and, 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 and you know, whether it's pace but they just seem to want it more is that is that fair? Yeah, completely fair. I think the atmosphere and the occasion. I think they it felt like more of a an occasion to them at Anfield, and and I just don't think our players really stepped up to it, especially if you compare it to last season when we played them there. I know we lost three two, but the way we came back yeah. into that game and we showed such fight and desire, and it, it just felt it was completely lacking, especially because it was almost there for the taking in a way. And yeah. we, you know, we had we had opportunities in and the second half it kind of bypassed a lot of players and if it hadn't, I think we could have won that. They yeah. were pretty vulnerable defensively. But, it, but isn't that Pellegrini's fault for not getting the players up before every single game? You know, every game's a cup tie, a cup final. Every single game they have to play with enormous intensity. And they don't. Certain games they stroll around thinking we're gonna win this, whatever happens. However we are I, I was always look at a City game, if you, if in the first 10 minutes, if, if they're really going for it, then they'll play well. If they, if they stroll around for the first 10, 15 minutes, nothing's happening. I'm not so sure that's Pellegrini's fault, though. I mean, it's just... Well, who, those, who's to get the team Well, up? it's just one of those things that's quite... I think that's quite one of those things where you think, oh, yeah, he's in the changing room, he's geeing them all up. I don't think he's that sort of manager. And I think well, the players are all professionals be. themselves and, and they've won titles and they've been in so many positions like that in the past that they should be able to motivate themselves. They know it's a big game. They're at Liverpool, you know, we're challenging for the title. I don't think they should need any more motivation than that, to be honest. I agree completely with Lee. I think it's easy for us to say the manager should fire them up and he, and he probably should Yeah. Um, but at the same time the players should have realised if we won that game we're two points behind Chelsea yes they've got a game in hand but psychologically to move within yeah. two points having been eight points behind not so long ago you know someone like Nasri or Yaya when they see a game like that and they know what's happened to Liverpool in midweek yeah. mentally losing on penalties having played 120 minutes away they shouldn't need anyone to tell them, right, we're going to go at Liverpool from the first minute here. We're you don't, really th- you don't think Fergie game. got the team up for every game? No. He did, but I think but, I mean, part you of know, that, Pellegrini's not that part sort of that guy comes from the players as well. Yeah, obviously, but you, that's the ethos of the team, surely, that every game you fight to the death. But I don't, I don't think um, an ethos necessarily comes five minutes before kick-off when the manager's talking to him. I think that's something that's built into the club. Absolutely, I agree. Did. I agree. And that's just, that, I think that's kind of a sort of separate... Yeah, I'm not sure we have that at the mm. moment, though. I think we're a team of very talented individuals. Yeah. 
and I think what concerns me at times watching them is that we don't have a lot between outstanding football and appalling football. We never seem to just you know play okay six out of ten, get a one nil win. We're either brushing teams aside four five nil, Newcastle. or we're really struggling. Yeah, um, and we just don't seem to be able to turn up, play okay, get the job done, and move on. Uh, three great goals. Pick of the goals yeah. for you, Lee. Um, probably <laughs> probably Coutinho. Yeah, it's fantastic. So is Henderson. Isn't it? Yeah, you can't really do anything about them. Uh, 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 would start. there be a goalkeeper on the planet that would get either of those? Possibly not. No. No, but it's just the approach up to the goals. Uh, indeed, the, the biggest of course. Issue. Yeah. Um, I think my favourite moment was probably uh, the City fans doing their bit you know, and now you're going to believe us you nearly won the league which is, I thought was a fantastic chant at the Liverpool fans as we've often said on this podcast you know, Premier League champions last year Liverpool Football Club of course and the t-shirts were printed was that good fun at the ground hearing that being it was I, I was sat you know I was going to say a stone's throw away but much less than that because you know, the Liverpool fans they're probably used to it but very close to the Liverpool fans and it was good natured and you know you'll get the odd one who, who shouts from the Liverpool end in a Northern Irish accent at you um, about how we're doing in the Champions League which is you know, slightly ironic but I just felt at the ground that was the day when supporters attitudes towards Pellegrini just shifted and because match going fans will always back a manager more than keyboard warriors on social media but it just felt that you know, it was one game too many and there was just that frustration in the crowd. And for me, it just harks back to that thing again about his presence in the media and if he came out and he, and he said, listen, this is why I'm doing this, this is, this is my philosophy, this is the formation, I think, and at least then, it's having a di- that dialogue with the fans and, and feeling as if we're getting something back from him and at times it just doesn't feel like that at all. But he's not that sort of manager. He's, he's, he's pretty boring, we have to say that. He's charming, uh, he doesn't speak English as well as I thought he might. Mancini was more charming, I'd say. Yeah, OK. <laughs> but he's, if he's not a manager, he'll come out and lambast. He did it once, the referee in a Champions League game. I don't want him to come out and lambast. He's hardly done I anything. Just, I, yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's the big issue. It's like, I don't want him to lambast anyone. I just no. want him to come out and, and almost answer the questions that are yeah. posed to him. Let, let, let's tackle Defend his, himself. Let's tackle his head on then. Pellegrini out. Discuss. <laughs> I think it's very hard to say Pellegrini out when there's no clear candidate to come in. Lots of people are saying that. I've got one written down here. His name's Pep. He is, and if Pep was available at the end of the season, I think Pellegrini would be on his way. Um, But I'm not sure that is the case. And I think we saw the papers all on the same day, so there must have been some dialogue with the club. But I think there were five names listed of Ancelotti, Guardiola, Benitez, Simeone, Vieira. Moyes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Van Hal, Van Hal, Van Hal, or be out of a job, surely. Yeah, well, no, he doesn't do a job share. Could do a job share. It's gone. Let's see if him finish because he's going to finish the point, and we'll come back to you, Stuart. I don't know. I, a personal view is that Pellegrini has probably taken us as far as he can. I think Mancini brought that ruthlessness and professionalism, and Pellegrini has given us the composure, and we've had one season of great football. I think now we're at the stage where we need a winner, um, and you're looking at a small group. You're looking at probably. Um, Ancelotti and Guardiola and if they're not available then do you get rid of Pellegrini and gamble on somebody I don't know Stuart I know you're desperate to come in no no I I just think if we don't 
beat Barcelona and we don't win the league, both of which is very likely he'll be gone at the end of the season. That, he'll stay till the end of the season. But, it, I, but I think, you know, there's the, the, only play, the only managers we can bring in are the couple of the names you mentioned, Guardiola, possibly Ancelotti. Is, is that That's a, about it, really. Is that how you think he's, he's going to be gone because of the way football is these days or like you would like to see him gone if we don't win the league in the I, I never like to see managers sacked he, he won the championship last season he won the FA uh, the league cup you know in normal circumstances that would be enough to keep him in a job for the next four or five years but football is different He's, he was only on a three year contract um, they'd have to pay him a year's money I presume I don't know. I, 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 don't, I think you're right, saying he's taken us as far as we can go. The squad needs a bit of an overhaul. Maybe the manager's part of that overhaul. I, 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 don't, think, um, I don't think he was ever brought in as you know, the one to lead us into the next 10, 15 years, especially with the, the CFA and all that. Um, but I don't, think he, I don't think if he was to, not if we weren't to win the league and if we were to get knocked out to Barca, he should just go at the end of the season unless as you say someone like Pepe is lined up I wouldn't get rid of him just for the sake of it um, I think he deserves a bit more time I think he's earned it maybe I'm just a bit old fashioned um, in, my, in my views because I know what football's like these days and managers don't get a lot of time and I, I think Abu Dhabi will lose some patience as well they haven't brought him in just to sort of get the cohesion because I think it's fair to say we'll all remember you know the Mancini was criticised there wasn't that cohesion and, and the teamwork in the dressing room none of us are in there of course we don't know uh, but you know he seems to have got that right but tactically he's been described as naive we're losing our way and uh, you know to think we could still win the Champions League and I'll keep saying this and we could still win the Premier League you know we're sitting here saying this guy's a goner and I, I tend to sort of agree with Stuart that you know I'm not one for sacking managers either and uh, you know if we keep changing every other season I don't know Stephen help but us out I don't think he would be sacked if we've just based on the league position now we could win the league and we could easily finish third fourth or fifth because there are sides now catching us up I think if he got the sack it would be because we've regressed since last season yep. if you look at how we've done Champions well, that's League that's the same I'm, thing surely no but in all competitions oh, right. in the style of football I know we've you know, we've got through the group stage of the Champions League but realistically for four games and 80 odd minutes we were awful yeah. and Aguero scored two against Bayern and then we did play superbly in Rome but apart from that we were awful and he didn't learn Premier League as Lee said before the football has just been you know, slightly dull to watch which with our quality of player it shouldn't be and then the two cups we've gone out to, to poor teams having been abysmal so I think it would yes it you know, we wouldn't get the sack if we won the league, but it's the regression that we've seen in all competitions. The, the, the harshest thing, I think, would be is that we don't know where the signings have come from, um, whether he's had such a hand in, in some of the, the signings like Fernando and players like that, and whether it's the people above him and whether he deserves another summer to, to put his stamp on it. Um, it feels to me as if he's, that's kind of being dictated from people above him. And as we said before, the signings have been nowhere near good enough. Um, and it would be, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's quite harsh on him if that's the reason why he may go. Yeah, I think, forget the manager for a moment, it's a big summer for Bagiristein and signing players because whether we've got uh, Guardiola in charge or Vieira in charge or Pellegrini in charge, whoever, that squad needs a reshuffle. Um, and I think Bagiristein and Soriano have come with a big reputation and for the two and a half seasons that they've been here, I think it's been disappointing on that front. So I think it's a big summer for them in terms of going after top quality players. Because if you look at who we signed last summer when we won the league, it's a backup keeper, a backup right back, 
a backup holding midfielder. Lampard, who was going to take an early retirement in the States, and a, an inexperienced, raw, expensive centre-half. It's, it's just not what you need when you're top of the league. It's, it's, it's very strange because it's kind of mirrored the winning the first league the first time and the signings you made that summer as well. Just very, very sort of disappointing. You know, like, oh, we've got a great squad already. We don't really need much more. We'll just get a bit of backup here and there. Like when we got Scott Sinclair, um, Rodwell, Nasasic, all those boys, and, and look how that turned out. It just it's kind of like a repeat scenario almost after winning the league. Well, let's try and be, put a positive spin on it if we can. We've got the mighty Leicester City coming to the Etihad on Wednesday night. Can I give you a stat? Yeah, please. <coughs> we we, it, we'd be disappointed if we didn't have yours. We've had we, a couple we haven't lost. We haven't lost a back-to-back Premier League games for 169 games. It's a massive... We're massively ahead of any other team. We, just to help me understand, we haven't, so we haven't lost two on the trot, is that yes. what you're saying? We haven't yes. lost it for 169, 169 games. Right? Yeah. So if, therefore, so if we lose to Leicester... I mean, we lost. Did we lose to Arsenal before we played Chelsea away? I think we did. So that would have been breaking the sequence, but we didn't. We drew. But I, th- I think we had Stoke and Newcastle in the way that we both won. No, but we haven't lost for 169 games back to back. I remember the so days. Are you predicting a loss against Leicester? No, not, not at all. Can I just go back to the best signing we could make in the summer? Right, Guardiola. You heard it here first on the Man City show. You did. Uh, Stephen, Leicester City, give us your, uh, your view of uh, City Leicester Wednesday night this week. I think we'll win and we'll win quite comfortably and we'll play 4-4-2 and Pellegrini will use that as an example of why he's right and his tactics work. And Bonnie in for Dzeko? It's what I would do, yeah. yeah. It's what I'd do as well, which is why I mention it. Yeah, I'd do it as well, but I don't think Dzeko's been playing badly recently. No? Um, I think he's done his very, very best that he could possibly do against Barca and Liverpool. Um, so the standard criticism will come his way as it always does and at the end of the season everyone will say yeah let's move him on get rid of him and then he'll still turn out to be quite an important player for us probably for the next two or three years in my opinion I quite like him but if you think about it and this is we're going to end on a positive spin here if you think about it we've got Leicester Wednesday night and then you, you all know what, what's coming next you know, we've got Burnley yeah. we've got West Brom I'm just leaving the Barca game out for a second but we've got after Leicester we've got Burnley West Brom Palace before before we go to Stratford, the long trip outside Manchester to Stratford. So you know those four teams are all you know bottom half, all struggling. And you've got to think if we can build a bit of momentum and put a bit of a run together, that's got to be uh, that's got to give us half a chance of getting back in it with this you know, finishing on this positive spin, Stephen. Absolutely, and and should we win those four games, and we should, then we'll be probably saying in a month's time, Pellegrini's turned it around, he's got the <laughs> squad back again, and Chelsea are now under pressure. Um, but it's very easy to say that we'll win those four on paper I think if we do and of course we've got the ability to then let's see where we are in a couple of weeks time we'll win <laughs> uh, yeah no similar similar sentiments to Stephen I think on paper we'd, we'd hope to at least get 10 out of 12 points if not all 12 um, but it's not really been the case this season and we've been pretty inconsistent um, so I guess we'll just have to see it, hurt, it hurts me to say this but we could win all our remaining league games and still finish second we could this yeah. is true and I've got a very nasty feeling that Lescott will score the winner <laughs> for West Brom from a corner <laughs> against City because we can't score from corners of course nope. 200 and something <laughs> lost count on that note I'm going to say thank you to my three guests uh, to Stuart Brodkin to Lee Warner and to a view from a blue, Stephen Allwise on his debut on the Man City Show. Great to have you with us. And gentlemen, thanks very much. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon.
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.